scary girl. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Because it's our show and and not yours. This is normally the part of the show where we would tell you if it's your first time listening, stop, Stop, go go back. back But before you do that, but before you do that, even if it's your first time listening, stop, 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 stop. Because we have a big announcement that we're going to make. And you can listen even if it's your first time. Welcome to the show. This February 23rd. It is this month. Because when this comes out, we're in February. It this is this month. month. Wednesday, February 23rd. Get ready. Because here in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. At Frankie Bradley's. At Frankie Bradley's. We are finally doing Dead Time Stories live. <laughs> For our 200th episode, that's right, we're recording a live episode here in Philadelphia. You should absolutely come see it. We are going to do pay-what-you-can tickets, suggest a donation of $5. Please do not let price be a hindrance to you. Nope. We want the show to be available for as many people as can possibly come see it. Absolutely. So Wednesday, February 23rd, doors are at 7, the show is at 8 at Frankie Bradley's here in Philadelphia. Yes. Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, now, now, stop, stop. go back. You only have a few weeks to catch up, so you have so you some more to, start to do. Now, go to episode 1, grumble through to my mouth a little bit, start from episode 1 and catch up, girl, because our live show is happening. And there will be a test. And there will be tests and there will be blood. Yeah. A whole lot of it, I but you it. won't know when it's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen. You have to so show up to the show. get ready. Get ready. Be there. Be vaccinated. Yes. Bring your vax card. It's required for Proof entry. Your vaccination is required. If you don't have your vax card, I believe they will take a picture. They will accept a picture of your vaccination card. So, you know, make sure you have that shit up to date. But you do have to have it. They will not take just a negative COVID test. You got to be fully vaxxed Correct. and ready to have a great time. Proof of vaccination is required. Absolutely. 200. 200th episode. It's wild. Isn't and that crazy? Yeah. If you uh, remember, which I'm sure you do, you and I were planning our 100th 100th. episode to be a live episode when the start of Corona and COVID and all that stuff happened. And we kept having to be like, oh, I guess we're going to postpone this until. Mm. And then we just had to cancel it and move on with our lives. And that was two years ago. We postponed it 100 episodes. 100 episodes. We postponed it two years and 100 episodes. So it's happening, and we're going to be talking about it every week until it happens. And Absolutely. we're going to talk about some more after it happens. We will. So get ready. You're going to have to deal with it. Get but ready. you should probably be there. Figure out how you're going to get to Philadelphia on a Wednesday. I know it's a weeknight, okay? It's what we could do, okay? It's worth Just it. Just deal with it. It's worth it. And, I promise. And come out, man. It's going to be great. We're going to have merch there. We're going to have some of your favorite uh, voices that you've heard on the show or heard us talk about on the show are going to be there. Some of them we've got working for us, a.k.a. Charlie and Val. So if you want to meet them, Mary Angela and Christina will be there. Mary and Christina will be there. Eric will be there. I'm going to be there. I think I'm going to be busy. I'm going to send someone in. I'll send a proxy. It's exciting. We're it's so, so excited. Exciting. So please, please, please mark your calendar. Do what you got to do. Get please ready to there. call off on Thursday, the 24th. Yes. Because you're coming to Philadelphia to come see this show. It's going to be fantastic. We I'm, can't wait to see all of you. It's going to be really great. 
And stay tuned for people who can't make it to Philadelphia. We got you, baby. Yeah. For information about a streaming situation. Coming up soon. Got to figure out a few kinks, but we're going to make something happen. We just got to, you know, we got to work it out. That's it. Yeah. No kink shaming happening. Just kink positivity. Yeah, workings. We just got to figure it out. And that's what we're doing. That's it. We're so excited. Sarah, what are you getting into? What are you doing? What's what's up with you lately? I'm planning a live show with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a live show coming up. I have a live show coming up. February 23rd. Um, it's crazy. Frankie Bradley's. Yeah, it's going to be so weird. Nope. Just, you know, still living the dream. Working. Shoveled myself out of snow. Really? I mean, big, biggest thing on the radar is the live the show. Snow, so, so the snow was so wild. Yeah, I had to dig myself out before I came over here. Yeah, we got so much snow. I'm not looking forward to going home and trying to find a parking spot again with all the snow still there and the spot that I dug out. I'm not looking forward to it, it either. You didn't put a chair or a recycling I d- can? Believe it or, or not, a I did not put a Philly parking cone out. Even though you're technically not no, supposed Philly, to do that, it's, but Philly is ruthless. You have, but everybody does. That. I did and think if, about asking Dal to go put the cone out, but I was like, no. See, but you have a cone. We so we have a cone, but technically it's not our cone. It came with the house. Yeah, it's the city of the Philadelphia that we, cone. That we rent, the, the house that we rent. We found the cone in the basement, and the landlord was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's for y'all. It's the parking <laughs> cone." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when it snows or it rains real hard and you don't want to have Not to even, park You know far? when, like, you you know, you're going out and you're coming back later and you know that, like, there won't be a spot, you could put a cone out and cross your fingers. Yep. And if somebody moves the chair or the cone, you can sit out there and wait for them the, and then yell at them. The best is if Val and I can park back to back. So if we can park right next to each other, mm. uh, then if one of us wants to go out, the other one can pull their car forward or back and just block two spots with one car. And then when the other person comes back, you move the car and you get the spot back. Smart, yeah. It was really, that. really helpful when I was working Halloween nights. Oh, uh, yeah. If I could leave and Val would block a spot for me and I'd come back in the middle of the night when there would otherwise be no spot and I could move Val's car and get a spot and it would be really nice. But that it didn't really happen smart. all the time. Normally when I'm today. on my block, I don't think anyone on my block resourcefully parks like that so they can move for someone. But I think they all just park like assholes and just park with just the right enough space in between each other that if they moved up, a car could fit in an open space. But because they don't, there's not enough space for another and car. And usually they get out of their car and they just flip off the street. They're Honestly. like, fuck anybody who would want to park here. Basically. And that's a lot of what my street is. And Charlie and I will always bitch. And there's also a car on my street, like two houses down from my house, that has been sitting there since we moved in. Tires are flat. It has a handwritten note in the windshield that is so sun bleached you can't, can't read, read it. it because that car has been there for so long. And I get mad that I remember that. I'm trying to think of how you long did the I same left thing. that car. Over a year. It was definitely over a year Yeah, yeah. I le- that I left that Dodge there. Yep. I was trying to think of and so I'm like, that Dodge there. I'm like, wow, yeah, this is going to be here but, forever. You know, Val is who got me to, to move it because Val was like, you got to do something about that car. Like, yeah. You can't just leave it there. And I was like, ugh. And, and Val was like, let's take the steps to figure out what you got to do. I'm but really Val surprised. had also sold a junk car before. I had never knew done what that. To do. So Val was like, knew what to do. I'm honestly surprised that no one else on the block has just had it towed. Uh, well, and I remember when I went to go, like, check out the car on order that I was getting rid of, and people saw me walking up to it, and they're like, you getting rid of that car? You doing something about that car? And I was like, yeah, I'm working on it, okay? I'm doing something about it. I am. I've never seen anyone walk up to that car. The kids sure. in the neighborhood sit on it, 
Like it's just that, a bench. It's just there. It's a bench taking up a huge fucking spot. Anyways, it snowed in Philly. People in Philly are very possessive over their parking spots. Violently so. Even though it's not, a, it's illegal, it's right? Illegal, like yes. you're not allowed to, but no one enforces it. Who cares? I mean, I care. I care too, but what am I going to do? Nothing. I'm going to keep my goddamn mouth shut and park around the block. Well, I'm going to move that cone and I'm going to park there. I would, I would never. Val gets scared to move people's cones, but I'm like, people move our cone. People move our cone and take the spot. I wish I had that confidence. Someone got shot at the end of my block a few weeks ago. I'm not moving anybody's cones. I believe it. A 17-year-old girl got shot. Philly is wild, y'all. This city is insane. Is she alive? Are you serious? And we were home, and we didn't even hear the gunshots. We saw the cops walking up and down our street at like 9.30 at night. And look, and then we went upstairs and we were looking, they'd blocked down both ends of our street. And then I saw a news crew come by and I started Googling and like an hour and a half earlier. And it was over parking. This girl was sitting in the car with her three friends or her two friends. She's 17 years old. Someone came up, shot her twice in the chest and one in the head. They took her to Chestnut Hill Hospital and she died. And this happened at like 830 at night. Charlie and I were sitting on the couch watching TV. I saw a cop walking outside at like 930. And then we found out what happened. We didn't even hear it. Oof. Uh, Billy's wild. The house that we were living in on Wharton, remember? Mm -hmm. Like, we moved three quarters of a mile down the street to a house on uh, 20th and Snyder instead of 20th and Wharton. My old boss lived a block away from our our place on Wharton. She told me that she was coming home and she couldn't come down that way because it was blocked off by cops. So she parked somewhere else and she had to walk home. And she walked by it and somebody had been shot and killed on the steps of our house, <gasps> on the steps of the apartment that we just moved out of. Oh, my God. Yeah. Philly, just in and of itself, is scary. I mean, it Yo, has I love been Philly, scary, but it is, but it's, it is wild. It and is it's, literally wild. Lately, with all the carjackings, it's like I've been very cognizant of, like, get in my car and go. Like, don't sit stopped anywhere. Never leave my door unlocked. Just go in and out. I have often said that I am, I'm the most defensive driver that I know. Uh, and it's because, and, but especially in Philly, I always drive under the impression that everyone except for me has a gun in their car. I wonder how that sounds to people who are not American. <laughs> Cause I know we have Honestly, some who aren't in the U S but that's literally how I think when I drive, I don't carry a gun, but Amer- Americans have guns. They love them. A lot of them. Philly do. has got Philly loves guns. Guns are a big thing here. They really are. I don't get it. It's not my thing. But I drive under the impression that everyone except for me has a gun in their car and that if I do something in any way spiteful as a driver, they'll shoot you. They're going to shoot me. That's that's how I drive. I've always driven like that. I've always driven like I can't do that because that guy might that my guy might have a gun. I am always brought back to a quote from The Office where the character of Nellie Bertram, who is English, has come over and she says a quote where she goes, I knew it. Everybody told me that if I moved to America, I'd get murdered. And I'm like, yep, that's kind of what it's like. It's just al- it that, just always is in the back of your mind that you might get shot today. I might get shot. Or that TikTok where the kid's like trying to find your bulletproof vest when you're a friend. It's not, <laughs> not funny. It's so funny. I got, I got school. school. <laughs> I got school. 
That's what it's like. If you're not familiar, I'm sure you've heard that sound on TikTok where it's like this little girl, they wrote marker all over her face and she's like, no, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. I got school. I guess she's like Scottish. Um, But yeah, there's a video where somebody is using that audio, but it's this guy looking around and it's like when you're American and And your friend hid your bulletproof vest. And the guy's like, it's, it's not, not funny, funny I've got, got school. school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. Y'all, America's fucked up. You can't even get America's through high school. What is happening? Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Leslie. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Am I going first to speak? Yes. What a, what a segue. Are you talking about some ghosts? I, we already got into this the scary week, stuff. This week? I'm not. Yeah, the scariest thing we're talking about this week. We talked was about Philadelphia. Was, it was guns <laughs> in America. So, actually, this week, I don't want to give any spoilers by saying what did or didn't happen before I start my story. Oh! <clears throat> oh, oh, But it's oh. fairly light as far as stories on Dead Time Stories go. Okay. So, I'm going to, first of all, they're the Trump family. Not Trump. They are the Trump family. With an F? With an O. T-R-O-M-P. Trump. Trump. That's going to be hard. The bizarre Trump family road trip. Can we just call them the Trump family? No. Okay. We sure can't. The bizarre, poorly named Trump family. Trump family. So this happened a few years ago. By a few years ago, I mean in 2016 in Australia. So not very long ago at all. On August 29th, 2016, the Trump family in Sylvan, Australia, which consists of Mark, who is 51, Jacoba, his wife, 53, and their three children who are all adults, Rihanna, 29, Mitchell, 25, and Ella, 22. They fled their farm in the middle of the night uh, and just disappeared, right? And they left, uh, like, ran off in a hurry. Their farm, so their I farm. assume like animals, um, a whole a, bunch of a stuff. A berry farm. They ran oh. a berry farm. Aww. So they owned a berry farm and all, everybody worked on the farm because they lived on it. So that like they were nice. on the berry farm all day. I think I want that to be my new profession. It says it sounds nice, but it also like they worked seven days a week because, you know, when you live at work. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm growing something that I love, I don't know. Sometimes I go back and forth where I'm like, maybe I just want to play with plants all day. Um, But they were there every day. Open every day, seven days a week, right? So when they weren't open and nobody was home, the neighbors were like, that's that's suspicious. That's, suspicious. that's weird. Um, and they had left. The, Is their neighbor Cardi B? And they had left the door to the home open. And like they like that they ran suspicious. off. Right? Like they were gone. So investigators came to check out their house because they're like, well, let's, let's see what's going on with the Trump family. In the home, investigators found complete disarray so like the house looked like it had been ransacked before they left it appeared the family went through uh also years worth of financial records just before their departure so they had pulled a bunch of records like financial records but they were also organized so the investor investigator said it looked like they had been going through them like looking for something and then kept them organized to say like okay we've gone through this we didn't find the thing that we were looking for right they left behind mobile phones, passports, and credit cards. So either this was cash only, this trip, they were trying to be off the grid, or... They got they got taken. Where's Liam Neeson? 
Girl, who knows? <laughs> Not here. So the family took the vehicle of their youngest child, Ella, who was 22. Remember, they were all adult children. Uh, they took her SUV. They drove nonstop until reaching Bathurst, which is 500 miles away. So they left and drove. Wow. Yes. Uh, Mitchell, who was the middle child, he did bring his cell phone, but the family made him dispose of it within 15 miles of the trip. Like, it was on the side of the road. Like, they made him throw it out the window. It's believed that the family thought it was being used to track them. Oh, no. Right? Which is why none of them brought their phones, and they made him get rid of his phone, because they were like... Oh, what tinfoil hat shit are they into? Mitchell separated from the family around 7.30 a.m. on the second day, August 30th, 2016. From Bathurst, the family went a short distance east to the Genelone Caves, where Ella and Rihanna, the two daughters, separated from their parents and stole a car to get away. (gasps) To get away from their parents? We don't know. To get away from wherever they were with their parents at that time. So, So Michael left... Mitchell. Mitchell 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 left and went somewhere. They went a little bit further, and then the girls stole a car and went somewhere else. And they went somewhere else. They split off, yes. And then the parents are still trucking. So they drove south. The two daughters drove south to Goulburn, where they reported their parents missing. What is this game? Okay, okay. (laughs) You're never, every step of the way, you're surprised. I'm never going to get it? Okay. You're not going to guess where it's going. I'm I'm reading it, and I'm like, I'm still like, okay. (laughs) Uh, so, after they drove south to Goulburn, they reported their parents missing. Then the two of them split up. The two daughters. Okay. Rihanna Trump was found in the back of a pickup truck by a local resident named Keith Whitaker. He didn't notice her in the vehicle before he got off and started driving, and he felt a kick <gasps> in the truck and looked back and saw her. How fucking terrifying is that? Yeah. Pulled and she's o- alive? She's alive. Oh, okay. Pulled over. Called 911. Okay. Police arrive. Rihanna was in a catatonic state when they came. First off, this is why you always check your backseat when you get in your car. I know. Always. It's so scary. I do it all the time. She didn't know who or where she was. What? The same day, Ella returned home to find the investigators. The investigators were at their house. And she's like, what are you doing here? The following day, Mitchell returned home by taking the train. Mark and Jacoba drove south to a place called Wangaretta, where they then separated. And Mark remained in Wangaretta while Jacoba returned back north again. And Wangaretta was almost all the way back down to where they were from in um, in Sylvan. So he was driving back towards Sylvan, stayed in a place called Wangaretta. She went back north again on a public transit. Because you're like... How'd you get there? Yeah. Okay. So he's in Wangaretta, right? A couple was driving around Wangaretta playing Pokemon Go because it was 2016. Uh, And they were followed dangerously closely by a car that matched the make and model of the Trump family car. Um, And they were saying it was driving so close to them like they couldn't see the headlights because it was that close on their on their bumper. He did not drive like everyone had a gun, or he's the guy with well, the gun. Well, they're Australians, so they don't assume. Well, they've got guns, not like Americans do, but Australians like guns. They like them okay. Not like us, because who does? I'm like, I'm sure a lot of countries are like, they. I mean, <laughs> Russians love guns. Russians love guns. Um, <laughs> so, car. Let's not talk about that on the show. Matching the crumble. Trump family car is right up behind them, right? So the couple pulls over. 
And the man gets out of the car, gets out of the driver's seat to confront the guy. He said that a man matching Mark Trump's description got out of the car, ran directly toward them, stopped in the middle of the road, turned and looked at the park nearby, like the woods in the park, and just launched into the park and just ran straight into the park and disappeared. That wasn't a man. That was a skinwalker. Oh, God. The vehicle was found with the keys still in the ignition by the cops because they called the cops and they were like, this just happened. This guy chased us and he ran off into the woods. So the vehicle was found by the by the cops with the keys still in the ignition. They searched the park and Mark was not found in the park. A local hotel had a room broken into where police believe that Mark spent the night. Mm-hmm. On the following night of September 1st, 2016, Jacoba, the mom, had taken uh, public transit to, in the end, the place is called Yass. It's yes. Y-A-S-S. She took public transit to a town called Yass. Yass. Then... I don't know if she was, like, weird about it. I guess she also, like, didn't have identification with her because, remember, they left all their shit at home. But she was trying to get a room at a hotel, and that's when, like, somebody was like, we need to get this woman. Like, we need to call the cops or something. Like, there's like, she something didn't up seem... with this woman. Right? She like, seemed something off. weird. She Got seemed it. off, right? Someone in Yas escorted her to the hospital. Someone in Yas was like, no. Someone in Yas was like, no. <laughs> the hospital staff recognized Jacoba because by now it was on the news that this family was like missing. The staff recognized her as the missing woman on the news and they contacted the police. Two days later, so five days after initially leaving home, Mark Trump was found wandering in Wangaretta around 5.50 p.m. He was just like walking on a street like wandering around seemed really like weird and confused he was held by police and questioned for five hours that's it before being picked up by family because he hadn't committed a crime or anything yeah Yeah. they just like ran and they're like why'd you run off what happened um mark didn't you know give any information and then he was picked up he was picked up by a family friend outside of the police precinct Press were waiting eagerly to ask, like, what happened? Why did y'all just run off? Everybody was really worried about you. And uh, Mark gave them the middle finger and just uh, kept going. Uh, he didn't stop to talk to the press. Wow. Uh, it said that later he apologized for that. But He's like, I wasn't acting myself. The next day, Mitchell and Ella do a press conference thanking police and the media for finding their father. They do not offer any details surrounding the events. And say only that they are all still perplexed by it. Like, they don't even know what happened or why they left. The family had no history of mental illness, no history of illicit drug use, no outstanding debts, and they were not strongly religious or in a cult that anybody knew of. And they have never spoken about why they did that, where they went, where they ran off, what happened, why they didn't take their phones, why they threw Mitchell's phone out. They don't talk about it. They just never address any of it. And they didn't die. They all came back home. So there's no crimes or anything. So naturally, the internet has been... It's like, the fuck? The internet has been like, here's what happened based on any information that they found. So there are three theories. Aliens. The first theory is that there was some sort of toxic poisoning on the farm Mm -hmm. that got them all sick and weird, and they all left to get away. Um, but there's no proof of that. No toxicology reports or anything like that that brought up any sort of like poisoning in their water or whatever. None mm-hmm. of that is a thing. 
The second theory is that there was some sort of mob involvement um, that initially they wanted to leave the country, but then they were afraid if they had their passports, like they would be able to track their passports based on like where they were going to go. So then they changed their mind and they were just in a panic, but that they were like, you know, looking through their money because they owed money to somebody and they were trying to figure out how to make the books work or whatever. Hmm. That's the second theory. Here's the third theory. Which I like this one. I was going to ask what your theory is. So there's a French term for it, which is folie adieu. Yes. Like the, the twin sisters who went crazy and ran in the middle of the street. Do you know their story? Didn't I, you cover? Have one of us covered them? Maybe. Um, it's a rare group psychological break. Yes. So the idea is that. All of them or like it starts with one person and it kind of spreads to the other people in the group, believing that uh, there were intruders in their home spreading dust and lint through the home by wearing the shoes of the people who lived there. This was like a psychological thing that they believed or whatever. Um, Not sure who it would have started with, but the couple or family would have all been reinforcing each other's paranoia. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very rare, but 90% of cases of folie adieu appear in couples, parents and children, or siblings. So they appear in families. One allegedly believed that the family was in danger of... So if one person in the family, but either, you know, it's thought that either the mom or the dad thought that the family was in danger of being robbed or kidnapped... And convinced the other people in the family that that was a very real danger. And that's what got them out of the house. When Ella was asked in a press conference about the family's reason for fleeing, her response was, it was very confusing. I still feel confused. I think our state of minds wasn't in the best place and there's no reason for it. It's bizarre. How bizarre? How bizarre? How bizarre. How bizarre. Uh, So she really didn't give an answer, but that is kind of the prevailing theory on the internet is that they just kind of had this like psychotic break, this group psychotic break where like all five of them kind of bought into it until they slowly made their way back home and they couldn't explain it and they didn't explain it at least uh, to the press because it's like it's nobody's business or whatever. (laughs) But that is kind of what the internet has decided is what happened to them. But they're all alive. Nobody died. They all came back home. But they left in the middle of the night. They left their home. They abandoned their home in such a way that, like, even their neighbors were scared. Yeah. The police came in, said it looked like it had been ransacked. They left their passports. They left their credit cards. They left their phones. But they all came back, and they're all okay. And they don't say why they left. Can you imagine what those conversations over the dinner table were like when they got back? Can you you imagine if someone was just like, what was that? And everyone else is like, we're not going to talk about it. Like, what if we randomly were like, you know what? Scavenger hunt. We're going to do a scavenger hunt. You can't, don't cheat. You can't take your phone. You can't take your credit card. Family scavenger hunt. And then it got too crazy. And then it just got weird. And then they're like, you know what? I'm just going to go. If it gets weird, just me back at the house. And everybody slowly, one by one, was like, it's getting weird. I'm going back home. The one daughter was like, I thought it was hide and seek. She's She's like, like, I forgot who I am. Like, that's how serious it was. (laughs) We really take our gaming very seriously. So that is the bizarre Trump family road trip. That's insane. Um, Yeah, it reminds me of when I hear Folia do, I think of the case. I looked them up, but they're twins named uh, Ursula and Sabina Erickson. And they their case went big because there's live camera footage of them like running into traffic and like getting hit by a car and then jumping up 
like nothing happened and like the cops the cops grabbing one of them and restraining her and then her breaking away and running back out into traffic and like they both just went crazy a whole bunch more happens in that story i've not covered it i'll have to add it to my list but that's a story where uh, it's not as simple as the scavenger hunt ended and we all made our way back home. Well, right. And I don't know <laughs> what happened with them either. And they don't talk about it. But that's that's a thing that happens. It's weird. But everybody's okay. That's crazy. That is weird. Isn't it? Huh. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? I am talking about Indiana State University and the tale of Barfin Barb plus more. Okay. A collection of short stories as told by S. Heddens, researched by S. Heddens, presented by S. Heddens. Get it, S. Heddens. <laughs> so, yeah, I started researching this one ghost story, which uh, led me to the fact that apparently, like most college campuses, Indiana State University is haunted. haunted. So, we're going to start uh, with the the least. And work our way up to the most, I guess, sort of. Indiana and North Carolina share a state bird, which is the cardinal. Oh, do you know what I, I didn't know this, but I saw it on TikTok, but apparently there's like a Southern, I don't want to say folklore, but like belief around the cardinal that if you're out and about and you see a cardinal, it's like a loved one who's passed on coming back to visit you. Yeah, I heard that way later in my life. It's not something my family ever said. Yeah, same, same here. So I'm like, maybe, <laughs> maybe these places are haunted with ghosts and they have the bird of the cardinal because it's just all dead people all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a good omen because it's, yeah, it's like a, a loved love. one, right? Like if you Send find... What is it if you find a penny everywhere or a dime everywhere, like in random places, that's like a loved one. If your ear itches, it's because somebody's talking about you. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? If you drop a spoon on the floor, it's because somebody's pregnant. Isn't that one of them? I have no idea. If you break a plate, it means table. It means company's coming. There are all these Southernisms that I like. (laughs) I'm like you can just I, make you up say anything, so, right? If some you of them, put I'm your like, left I make shoe that on first, that means you're. I don't know. That means you like the color green. I don't. Anyways, there are so many Southernisms like that, though, where it's like if this happens, it means this is going on. Yeah. <laughs> first up, there's a statue in front of Tyree Hall. It's called the Untitled Woman Statue, and it's an art piece by some guy named Harry Wan. So it's a statue of a woman made a by hairy, a man. He's got a hairy one right there. It's, you know, and anyways. You would get that reference. If, if you, you subscribe to our, to our Patreon, Patreon, you should subscribe to our Patreon so you can get that joke. Uh, now I'm going to have to edit that episode before this episode comes out. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, I am subscribed to the Patreon. And nothing's never heard happened. That joke. All right. So uh, Untitled Woman. She's a statue standing out there. She depicts a woman just standing with her arms by her side, palms facing forward. Apparently, legend has it, though, that she will sometimes raise her arms up to the sky, but only when a virgin graduates. Doesn't happen often. I was going to say, so not very often. (laughs) So not often. Next up is what's called the error plaque. So in April of 1888, apparently Indiana State University was known as Indiana State Normal School, because it was the 1800s and was normal was in quotes (laughs) normal was in all capital normal school all capital letters you have to be normal to go here uh was a teacher's college and in april a large section of the university burned to the ground and then fell into the swamp and so i ask you 
So ISU put up a plaque on the site in remembrance of the swamp, except in remembrance <laughs> of the swamp. Except they forgot to apparently spell check it before they sent it off for Stop. engraving. And they said that there is an error on the plaque where they used an it apostrophe S for it is instead of the possessive it's. Okay. So now students believe that if they go to the error plaque and they touch this error on the plaque before taking a test, it'll give them good luck. Oh, they use the plaque anyway? I mean, they were like, yeah, we've spent a lot of money on this plaque. Oh, yeah, no, they never, yeah, it's, it's, it was probably not noticed until later because whoever made that plaque looked at it so many times that they thought that that was right. <laughs> and it was some jackass coming by a few years later who was like, shouldn't that shouldn't not have an apostrophe? And like, don't say a goddamn word to anybody. <laughs> Shut your mouth. And they're like, we're at school. They actually killed that person when he <laughs> said that. The first person who pointed out, fun fact, they murdered Dead. him. <laughs> the next word he heard was, does it smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, yeah. So kids will go and they'll touch the plaque and it'll apparently give them good luck before a test. Idiots. The stereotypical haunted theater. So if there's a theater on campus, you know that bitch is haunted because all theaters are haunted yeah. by bad performances. <laughs> if there's... <laughs> uh, I will never haunt a theater, though, because I never give a bad performance. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. Well, no, I had a joke and I was like, oh, you might cut it. Say it. I was like, I don't know. Where were you when you texted Mary Angela? Like, oh, what? Really? Oh, my God. I can't believe it. That was a great performance. That's that was your, an Oscar-winning performance. performance. <laughs> an Oscar-winning performance via text message. Uh, oh, my God. What? No. Our one best short film that year. Best short screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> best one act. Best one act. Back to the theater. <laughs> on ISU campus, it's called, well, it was called Dreiser Hall. It has since been replaced, and it's called the New Theater because they needed to remember that the new place is the New Theater. But Dreiser Hall, the original theater, is haunted. Did they rename it because Dreiser was problematic? No, Dreiser Hall is still there. They just built a new theater, and, just and it's called, called New, the new theater? theater. Yes. Sure, because they wanted to be like the new school in New York. Sure. I don't know. It's the new theater. Well, unfortunately, Dreiser Hall's still there, and it is haunted by a Karen. Unfortunately, that is just a this poor girl's Karen. name. Her name is Karen. It's so sad. That's probably why she's still there. She's like, no. Uh, <laughs> Karen was a theater major. She's still waiting to talk to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's there to be like, I'm a nice Karen. Uh, she's a theater major who was studying lighting, and unfortunately, she died in a car accident before she graduated. She apparently makes her presence known by flickering the lights, mainly on opening nights, because I guess she deemed. Thing. Well, I my assumption is that all of their previews go perfect, so she has to put them in their place <laughs> on opening night and ruin it. Because, you know, their previews are well, so good. Well, she's like, you know, well, if the preview goes really well. Opening night's got to suck. So flicker, flicker, flicker. But legend says that if the previews go terrible, opening night's a breeze. There we so go. So she doesn't mess with it then. And uh, when people are working in the lighting booth, they'll feel cold spots, which I also assume is her saying, you're not doing that right. 
onto the Condit House, which is the house on the uh, on campus that would be the home of the university president and his wife. So, of course, that's haunted. This home is reported to have noises of people walking up and down the stairs when no one else is there and a ghostly game of ding dong ditch. So people inside will hear a persistent knocking, knocking, knocking. But when they open the door, no one is there, there. or they'll hear knocking, knocking, knocking. And they'll be like, who is it? No response. <laughs> Second to last stop on our campus tour is Cromwell Hall. FYI, I don't know if you recognize that name. James but the, Cromwell? The Cromwell name is the name of the family in Halloween Town. <laughs> and they were witches. And uh, Debbie Reynolds was the grandmother matriarch. So do with that info what you will. Uh, on the 12th floor of Cromwell Hall, room 1221, just under the window, you will see a spray-painted, crudely drawn, just some form of a shape that's like a cross mm-hmm. on the wall, on the brick. This is because, according to legend, a student became overwhelmed with the stress of college and released themselves by jumping out the window. Released themselves. They released themselves. Okay. I'm taking that from our I seen it this month. Sure. Where you will be released instead of unaliving themselves. They released themselves. They they released themselves. And subsequently, their bowels. Because that's what happens. That's what happens. Uh, They released themselves by, they yeeted themselves off this mortal coil by (laughs) jumping out the window. Oh, no. Somebody was like, kill yourself. Uh, Somebody was like, kill yourself. And they were like, hold my beer. They were like, yeet. (laughs) Scourge. Yeet was the sound he made as he flew out the window. Skirt was the sound he made as he hit the pavement. I hate, I'm so sorry somebody died. (laughs) No, you're not. Look at you. When was this? Um, This is the legend. The man, the myth, the legend. I really hope That's the what listeners it find the this funny. I'm broken. All right. <laughs> and apparently legend says that the cross just appeared to remind people of the tragedy. And even though the school has tried to remove it, it remains. Damn. And in the room of... 1221, banging noises have been reported. Light is seen coming from the room, even though it's empty, and shadows are seen in the window. Now, fact or cap. The fact I could find in this is that in 2007, a young man did release himself out of the window and skirted, and the school... And the school offered to repay the family his tuition, but they refused and apparently opted for a cross memorial instead. Now, that's what I found online. I don't think that that's actually true either, because if the cross that's there is the cross memorial they made for this kid, then that why is would an the insult. Trying to get rid of it. It is an insult. Well, they say that that's there is a memorial and the school's never actually tried to get rid of it. I put in quotes. Here's the thing, though. I'll post the picture online. It literally is just like a crude, like, spray-painted. There's no way that that's That's a memorial. memorial, sure. There's no way. So take that as you will. I will say this. Kids unalive themselves. The memorial goes here. (laughs) Just right there. 
And then, like, when we get around to it, that's where it's going to go. That's just a placeholder to let you know where we're going to put the memorial. And then they just never did it. Never did it. So that's apparently the ghost that's there. Now they've uh, interviewed kids who have been housed in that room, and no one really has reported any sort of activity. So that's just the lore around Cromwell, uh, Cromwell Hall. Now, last and certainly not least is the ghost that brought me to Indiana State University in the first place. She lives in Buford Hall, and she's known as Barfin Barbara. Barb was a freshman who succumbed to the college. (laughs) Get ready. It gets better. Barb was a freshman who succumbed to the college party life and died of alcohol poisoning on the sixth floor. Students report hearing the sound of someone puking in the communal bathrooms, but when they go to check it out, no one is there. Other stories say she died by suicide. Either way, apparently her favorite ghostly pastime is barfing. People have reported she seeing... She can't get enough of it. She loves, loves to do it. Uh, people have reported seeing splotches or stains on the walls of and carpet of the halls on the sixth floor. Barbara, girl, girl. evidence of Barbara's vomit. In 1968, students reported that Barb had a routine. So they'd be like, oh, that's Barbara. Here's what she would do. How do you know? Because this is her MO. She would laugh hysterically, vomit, flush the toilet, and then scream. <laughs> I hate that. So it's like that. That was her existence. It's my favorite. Honestly, Barb sounds like me on a Monday night, honey. Girl, same. Same, same, same. In 1990. Relatable. Girl. Honestly, we've all been there. We've all been a Barf and Barbara sometime in our life. Who hasn't? I have definitely been like laughing, throw up, and then like maybe not scream, but, like, but crying, definitely be like sobbing. Ah. Maybe wailing. Ah. Sure. After vomiting. Okay. For a second, I debated telling you this or not, or if I really wanted to just like lower my statute as a human being on this podcast. I could always cut it out. So I was sick like last weekend, probably just a hangover, and I was I was puking, just really nauseous puking. One time it hit me, I ran up to the bathroom, got over the toilet, and I didn't have time to like kneel. I only had time to pull my hair back out of my face, and I puked. And apparently, I guess how high up I was, it splashed. It hit and it splashed me in my face. I'm sorry. In my face. We were in the car. Like last weekend or the weekend before. And like you're puking. So like in the, I couldn't remove my hands to like wipe. I had to like, uh, and then be like, I'm, I'm disgusting. This is the lowest of my low. So we went to the farmer's market and I remember we ate breakfast and like right after breakfast, I remember like I threw up in my mouth a little bit and I like swallowed it. Yep. Never graceful, never feels good, but like. You covered. I moved on with my moment. Okay. We were on the way home. I don't remember what happened. And I just, like, I don't know if I went to cough or, like, what. But I remember I put my hand in front of my mouth and I threw up a little bit. Like, and it was all over my sweatshirt. It was all oh, over yep. my scarf. And I just very slowly, like, in Val's car, like, took the sweater off. <laughs> like, took off the scarf, took off the sweatshirt and, like, put it down. And Val was like, and, like, just the way I was moving, Val was like, are you okay? And I was like. 
I just threw up on myself. You were like, I threw up. And I was like, right. That was how I felt like I felt like I threw up. I threw up. Like, I like little, right. And you're like, what do I even do? Like, I just felt I'm so, so sorry. like, I felt so pathetic. And like, sad, like in that moment, it's just like, I'm not drunk. I haven't been drinking nothing. Literally just like, like my body just couldn't, just couldn't out of, out of nowhere. Yeah, so I feel you, girl. We've all been a barfing Barbara. We've all been a barfing Barbara. But you know what I didn't do is laugh about it and then scream <laughs> about it. And I wasn't even well, at the you're toilet, not, so you're, I couldn't flush. You're not. Um, you're also not cursed to do that for all eternity, right? But she sounds, I don't know, weirdly like she's a little bit into it. In I mean, at this point, it's probably a kink now. It's been going on for so. You long. know what? If that's, I'm not going to shame her. If that's your life, like you gotta accept it and look on the bright side. Well, it's not her life. And it's her like, death. She's like, <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this? She's got to get it out. What a way to live. It what just, a way to be, you know. It makes me laugh so hard. You know, undead live, I guess. Incidents were reported as recently as 1992 when an RA said that there was one evening where he heard someone puking and crying in the bathrooms. <laughs> and he's the RA, so he's like, Ugh, I gotta, I gotta go check, check this out. out. And he's like, all right, are you okay? And as soon as he walked in, it stopped. And there's no one in there. And he's like, all right. And as soon as he walked out, it started up again. Isn't that annoying? Barbara. 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 Barbara, Barbara no. Um, so that is the story of Barf and Barb in Buford Hall of Indiana State University, along with your other friendly resident university ghosts. What a wild ride this has been. Wasn't that fun? Barbara is a character, and I'm here for her. That's Barbara. At least she flushes the toilet. Could you imagine if there were just like rogue vomits? You'd wake up one morning and like just a every vomit in the toilet. toilet. Each toilet had a had a vomit in that it. That would be awful. Like in every stall. Ghost vomit. What does that even look like? Probably really gross. I imagine it's chunky. Mm. Let us know what you think ghost vomit looks like. Let us know what you think ghost vomit looks like. Are you like. still you listening to the show? Dead Time Stories. Did you tune out yet? Gmail.com. Don't forget our live show live is coming show. up this month. It's Wednesday, February 23rd at Frankie Bradley's here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Tickets are pay what you can with a suggested donation of $5. So please don't let price be a hindrance for you to come see the show. We would love, love, love to have you. You can, of course, continue to support our podcast by listening to our Patreon. We have different tiers for our subscribers. And there are multiple ways you can support us that cost absolutely $0, like emailing us or leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen to your podcasts. Yep, that's it. That's it, man. Thank you so much. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thank you for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 